When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Reckless speculation. Reckless speculation. Happy Reckless Speculation Thursday, America. He is our friend Darren Doogie Wolfson, still supporting the Minnesota Gophers with that quarter zip despite an embarrassing performance last Saturday. <laughs> hey, this is all about Don Putzelweiss. Winning her Gophers debut. With all due respect to Lindsey Whalen, I love Lindsey. Dawn is going to elevate the women's basketball program to a level that, unfortunately, Lindsey could not get to. Give her a good year or two. Yes, all about Dawn Flitzoy. Let's go. Let's go. LFG, everybody. All right, let's start with Timberwolves here. Getting an echo here. from There we go. All right, last night, the Timberwolves beat the brakes off the Pelicans. They are now 5-0 and at home. The Cat-Rudy combination, although not perfect because Cat just joined the offensive party last night, has been a plus 11 per 100 possessions. It's a, it's a winning pairing so far this year. That place is rocking target center. I've been to a couple home games already, Doogie. Does it feel like the Wolves have finally turned a little bit of a corner here as a franchise? Only seven games or six games, but very interesting. Yeah, I mean... Yes. I mean, short answer, yes, Phil. They have perhaps, if you want to debate this, that's fine, but they have perhaps the two most significant wins slash best wins that any NBA team has this year. When you beat Boston and Denver over a five-day stretch, and I get it both at home, not like it was on the road, but still, to beat Denver, to beat Boston the way they did, Yes, we are seeing what the potential of a full year of Mike Conley Jr. can look like. Last night, we talked about this on Tuesday. We said, hey, there's no way Cat is going to continue to shoot like this. Well, guess what? Cat shot the ball well last night against New Orleans. Now, to me, still too many offensive fouls. What was it? Three offensive fouls last night. So we can still nitpick plenty with Cat's game. But that was a good Cat game last night but yes let's hope they can maintain their health it's all about maintaining their health i mean heck they lose in toronto do they win that game if Jaden mcdaniels plays heck do they win in atlanta if Jaden mcdaniels isn't on a minutes restriction they put a heavy emphasis i have hammered this point home i'll reiterate it now they have put a heavy emphasis internally on a fast start they see what denver did last year denver played really well in november carried it all the way through. I'm not suggesting the Wolves are about to go 
on an NBA Finals run. But I'm just saying, you put an emphasis on a fast start, that can carry you to where you want to go, which for the Wolves is a top four seed in the Western Conference. But I love what I've seen so far. Now let's see if it translates to the road. What is it, tomorrow, the first of what, five consecutive road games? So let's see if it can carry onto the road. The defense. How about the defense? So last night, they hold New Orleans to under 30% shooting from three, under 40% shooting overall. They have done that now, Phil. Four consecutive games. For four consecutive Mm. games, the opponent has shot under 40% from the field, under 30% from three-point range. This is this team's identity. We know what this team's identity is. They defend at a very, very high level, especially in the half court. This can be the number one defense. They are right now. I think they can maintain it. This can be the number one defense in the league this year. And now let's talk about the most important thing. Those gorgeous jerseys last night, the throwbacks and the court. Oh, can we please, can we please just switch back to that great look? So fresh, old school, fantastic. It felt like, it felt like the glory days of watching the expansion. It felt like when they got, when they got rid of those uniforms the first time, it was like, thank God they cleansed themselves. You don't remember, you don't remember when they beat the Sixers for their first win at the Metrodome and people were celebrating in the streets, literally outside the Star Tribune. (laughs) I love that look. Congratulations, Wolves. Great call. I'm with you. Yes. I want more of it. But this is what the NBA does, right? I, yeah. Yes, like, I know. So many different uniforms, heck, so many different court looks. You know, you think about the in-season tournament beginning tomorrow. Yes, on the road in San Antonio. But eventually the Wolves will have a home game with the in-season. That will be a new court, right? The NBA is all about the marketing opportunities. Yeah. So all sorts of different jersey looks. City edition, this, hey, let's change the city edition on a what yearly basis, right? It's all about monetizing the jersey look as much as humanly possible. So, yes, as much as we'd love to see what we saw last night on an every night basis, it's just not going to happen, but let's celebrate it when we see it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're uh if you're Tim Conley and you're soaking that game in last night, you're enjoying the uniforms and the courts, just like Jeb was saying, it's great. The atmosphere is raucous, you got fans are going crazy. You've been getting hammered for a year and a half about that Rudy Gobert trade. Every move you've made besides that has been universally, you know, applauded. I mean, my God, Conley, Conley, Nikhil, and the picks that led to Leonard Miller for D'Angelo Russell's expiring contract. One of the great heists in NBA history. Straight up, it's a heist because Conley's a better player. He's a better fit and he's an adult. But are you, are you starting to look around the room if you're Conley? All those people that, clowned me for the Rudy Gobert trade. He is the best defensive player in the NBA through the first couple weeks of the season. Like he is the he is the old version of Rudy Gobert that we saw in Utah. The rebounds are back. He's blocking shots again. I think it felt like last year, Doogie, a lot of opposing players were they were challenging him at the rim with success and they were almost like trying to clown him at the rim. I've seen from Jason Tatum to all the other players they played, I mean the U-turns that they take once they hit the paint now, it just feels like if you're Tim Connolly, you got to be feeling pretty good about that trade now, I would think. Well, yeah, in this moment, absolutely. I mean, I saw a play on Saturday in the Utah game at the end of the first half where he closed out, blocked that shot in the corner, that three-point attempt. Yep, yep. Like, I don't recall seeing that last year. Now, maybe my memory is playing tricks with me. Maybe he did it at some point last year, but 
Yeah, he is way more engaged. Heck, Judd, you are completely vindicated. Maybe you were previously, but, like, think about it. Like, it's pretty clear that Rudy playing in extended stretch with France entering last season, that he came into camp the preseason, even the regular season, there was carryover, that he was tired. It wasn't the real Rudy. Yes, he played for France again this summer, but it wasn't the extended run right. like it was summer of 2022, right? So, Judd, you are vindicated. Now, Rudy is always going to play for France, so there's no changing that. But I'm just saying, Rudy having more of an opportunity to get his body right, his mind right, the dark, the darkness retreat, he's, just, he's in a much better headspace physical space, everything space that, yeah, I mean, I don't know, Phil, if he's on his way to yet another defensive player of the year title award, but hey, like, yes, right now in the moment, the best defensive player, the Wolves have, if you look at defensive rating, what is it, five or six players in the top, like 15, top 20, Mm -hmm. like even Cat is pretty far up there, right? As Mm -hmm. we, you know, continue to wonder about Cat's future and yes, celebrate his performance last night, give him credit for last night, but still wonder about what the future holds. Heck, Cat is being viewed as a plus defender right now. And I get it, seven-game sample size, so it can change snap of the fingers. But, yes, there is so much to like right now. So let's talk, talk about Ant, too. Um, and, and I think we all agree, including me, that that his experience uh, with with the U.S. basketball team was a good thing because he's a young enough player. I think it helped him gain confidence and certainly experience. Uh, but he had a postgame comment after the win against the Celtics that I found intriguing. And I want to talk about, cause I think it's uh, I think it, I think we see this as a trend with young players who take steps. And I don't know how, how much this got discussed or written about in the preseason, but it's, you know, Ant was talking about Finchie. Finchie had me stay here a lot. And work and like work in, I, I think he talked about simulated games and things like that. And I, I go back to if you have uh, followed Marco Rossi's ascension this season with the Wild, the same exact thing. He stayed here, worked out. And I just think it's interesting that when guys actually stay lots of times, especially young players, when they stick around and work out with their team and work out with the training staff, uh, how much that helps. And I found it interesting that in talking about that, Ant did not immediately, you know, reference the U S basketball stuff. He brought up the fact Dukes that he stayed here and worked and, and how much that is paying off to your point early on here, but still in his mind, it makes a difference. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. We're seeing it make a difference now. Hey, he spent, Plenty of time in Atlanta with his personal trainer that he has in a, a relationship with, an established relationship with going back a while. But yes, it was a good balance of time at Mayo Clinic Square in downtown Minneapolis, plus his own personal time in what is his off season, that there has to be some sort of mm-hmm. escape. Although in these guys' worlds, an escape is, okay, I'm back home in Atlanta, but I'm still in the gym on a daily basis, right? I mean, he's a gym rat. He's still 22 years old. But yes, right. there's something to be said about him staying in town? How about Nas Reed? Like, let's yeah. champion the Nas Reed sixth man of the year campaign. Let's get that going. Nas Reed was here a ton. 
this summer. So you look at those two guys, there were other guys, right? I mean, Jordan McLaughlin spent a good amount of time here this summer. Now, hey, he's down now with a knee injury, but, you know, they brought in Shake Milton, right? So it's not like they said, hey, Jordan, you're our second point guard. They brought in Shake. So, you know, you can make a case both ways, right? You know, does it truly benefit you to stay in the city? Does it not? But in the case of Ann, in the case of Nas Reed, 100%, there's something to be said about how they have benefited from their time here, June, July, and, you know, when Anthony made the transition to Vegas for, for USA Basketball, but certainly June and portions of July before he transitioned to USA Basketball. And you bring up the point guard situation, so let's speculate. And not true, by the way. Not speculation. Let's speculate recklessly here. So Mike yeah. Conley is 36 years old. I already sung his praises off the top of this episode, but he's just been such an incredible organizer of the offense, leader, arm around Anthony Edwards. He's just been everything that D'Angelo Russell wasn't. And I don't care about the box score. I don't give a rip that D'Lo scores 17 points a game and all this stuff. It's all hollow. None of it matters. So Conley, he's on the last year of his contract here, 36 years old. He currently ranks number one on the team in win shares per 48 minutes. So like his impact on the court, even if he's not scoring the most points or blocking the most shots or whatever it is, like just him on the court as an organizer is super impactful going back to that trade. But they've got big time salary cap and luxury tax issues next summer. So what is what is the current, I guess, what's the future of Mike Conley? And then, you know, in terms of, a point guard ready to rumble behind him. There really is. I mean, Shake Milton's a combo guard. He's off to kind of a slow start. And, and you know, I think Jordan McLaughlin's just a depth guy. So Conley and then the point guard situation going forward. All right. Well, let's go latter then more specifically on, on Conley Jr. or more big picture. That to me is like when you look at a cat trade potential, you bring back your future point guard. And hey, I'd love to see Mike. Conley Jr. here next year, even in two years. But let's be realistic. He has missed games going back years. He is now, what is it, 36 years old? Now, hey, Chris Paul is still playing at a relatively high level at, what, 37 or 38? Mike Conley Jr. can still play at a high level, I believe, as a 37-year-old, even potentially a 38-year-old. He is extension eligible this second. So the NBA has got these wonky rules. Like Kyle Anderson is a free agent. The Wolves technically can't extend Kyle Anderson today. If the Timberwolves wanted, though, to extend Mike Conley Jr. today, the rules would allow so. But there hasn't been any dialogue. Even going back to the summer, it just hasn't gotten to that point. I hope it eventually does. But I can tell you here that there just there hasn't been any dialogue. The Wolves front office, Mike Conley Jr.'s camp. That doesn't mean that they don't value him at a very, very high level. I can see eventually extension talks happening. But in this moment, as we sit here on November 9th, no, there just haven't been any extension talks. The Wolves looking to extend Mike Conley Jr. But I hope he is here for a really long time. Let's point back to what we just talked about with Rudy Gobert. You know, I mean, I don't know how to exactly quantify this, but the relationship Mike and Rudy have, does that have something to do with Rudy playing so well right now? I get it. It's all encompassing. Mm -hmm. There's a lot that goes into the way Rudy's playing right now. But I do think the presence of Mike certainly helps Rudy a ton. D'Angelo and Rudy just didn't have that sort of chemistry. This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines, 
and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. And Dukes, how how much um, do you also credit Chris Finch here? Because like we've talked about certainly a year ago, the shortcomings and the problems at times, uh, but it feels it feels like to use your term, there's a lot of kumbaya, far more kumbaya going on. It might not be perfect, but it does feel like on the court at least it, it's a it's much more. And this speaks to how they're playing defensively. I think a lot much more cohesive than we've seen from a Wolves team as a whole in a long time. Yeah, well, I mean, I'll give Chris Finch credit for hiring Elston Turner, right? I mean, Elston has a lot to do. With their defense, heck, bringing in Corliss Williamson in the big summer. Nasty. Not that mm-hmm. Corliss, Big Nasty, I love it. One of the, love one Big of Nasty. Better oh, nicknames I... of the last two decades. Love, love Big that. Nasty. You know, and it's not like Corliss is even a front-of-the-bench assistant, right? But just yeah. bringing in a valued assistant like that, somebody with name recognition, somebody that's been a lead assistant for a really long time, or at least, what, six, seven, eight years, which to me is, you know, pretty damn long, right? So hiring the right assistance that Chris Finch knows that his bread and butter is offense that he's an offensive savant in many ways even though maybe we're not always seeing it at times come to fruition on the court that Chris Finch is an offensive guru right but he hired the right people to coordinate the defense to run the defense and certainly Chris has his fingerprints on it but you know make no mistake Elston Turner was a really really good ad somebody that's been in the league a really long time yeah yeah, the, you mentioned uh, a couple minutes ago just the idea of trading Cat for a point guard of the future, just in general. Yeah, well, I mean, let me stop you right there, Phil. I mean, we didn't really talk about it a whole lot through the summer because it never even, you know, it never really got off the ground. But I'm told by multiple people, the Wolves at least took the temperature mm-hmm. of many teams just to gauge, okay, if we ever got to the point of making Cat available, would you be interested? So they very, very quietly at least took the temperature of the league to see what his trade value is. Yeah. My observation, even in a great game last night where the whole team is boat racing the Pelicans, Cats knocking down threes, playing defense, right? He looks miserable, man. He he doesn't look like he's having any fun playing yeah, is basketball. Is it more subdued? Is miserable the right word? I he would just, he, but dude, even like, even like when he makes a big basket or a layup or something, he's every time he's like wanting the foul and he's like, he looks, everything is a big sigh and it's exasperation. He, he, it looks like the life has been sucked out of him from a basketball perspective, even though the team is playing as well now as it has basically in his entire tenure here. Yeah. I mean, I think there's something to be said about that. You know, I mean, I think we'll have to recklessly speculate because I don't know why. He has that subdued look or, you know, whatever, you know, description you want to use, Phil. But, yes, there is something to be said about his body language. Now, hey, Ant has been complaining to the officials a lot too, right? So it's not just Cat. And I do think compared to a year ago or two years ago, or I guess pre-calf injury, right, I think Cat is much better with the officials today than he was then. But, yeah, I mean, was it the comments on the Paul George podcast? the Pat Bev podcast, right? That he got so much blowback <laughs> from those fault. comments in the summers. That's still carrying over to now. That's where I recklessly speculate 
I don't have that answer. Yeah. But I've had people suggest to me that, you know, I mean, he's, you know, he's sensitive enough, right? That he heard about that blowback he received for those comments he made in the summer that he's trying to keep a very low profile right now. I think he just has no idea what his his role here is. Like, I think that's – I think there, there's so much success around him, and he's still important, but, I mean, he was the guy on a bad team for a long time here. And now and, – and he knew his role despite the fact the team lost a lot, right? He strikes me as the type of guy who just doesn't know what he should exactly be doing. Ant has now – to his credit, taken on the, the role of being the guy, both on and off the court. Um, it feels like a lot of the players around Ant know exactly what their role is. Like there's no there's no issues there. Um and Gobert now knows his role. And I just I watch I watch Cat and I see a guy who is at a career crossroads because a lot of the stuff that he previously thought was on him is not now. And I don't know that a guy who, who has been basketball-wise the focal point on the floor his entire life up until now, probably, I don't think he knows how to process it or what he sh- should be doing. He looks more lost to me than, like, miserable. He looks like he's just sort of lost in what am I supposed to be doing here, and I don't think at this point in time he knows. I think it's that simple. Well, he knows what? That his future is no his role. No, I think he wants. No, I think I think he doesn't know what his role is. I think he doesn't really know how to fit in here because everyone else sort of has their role defined and he does not. In his defense, he's a five that is now being asked to play the four position. Yeah, yeah. he's a five on. He's a five on a bad team. He's a five on a bad team. Yeah, right. But I'm just saying. I mean, we're still looking at a relatively small sample size of what, 20-something games or even less than that before the calf injury in Washington last year? What, around this time, give or take a few weeks? But, like, there wasn't much there at the beginning of last season, plus he had that illness, right? It was wonky in the preseason in training camp last year. Okay, he then comes back at the end of last year, but then soon thereafter, or heck, was Nas Reed already down with an injury? Then Jaden McDaniels punches the wall. He's out. Like, this group, truly hasn't played a whole lot of basketball together. So that's where I will defend a cat if he's still trying to figure out exactly mm-hmm. what his role is. Hey, do they want me to take it to the basket? Do they want me just to stand there and shoot six, seven, eight, three-pointers a game? You know, like I still think they're trying to work through some of those things. What about the minutes when Ant isn't on the floor but Cat is on the floor, right? Like how aggressive should he be? He should be very aggressive when Ant isn't on the floor, those – whatever, 8 to 10 to 12 minutes a game. Maybe it's a little less than that, but somewhere in that ballpark where Cat is on the floor, Ant is not on the floor, right? So I think he's still just trying to feel some things out. But, yeah, I mean, I think there is something to be said about what you just said, Judd. But that's why, you know, as we try to look ahead three, four, five, six, seven months, that's why we wonder, because in this moment we're wondering, so we can wonder in six, seven months, is Cat here long-term? Yeah, and it wouldn't be if they made a move. I think the good news for the Wolves is it's working very well with Cat, kind of being like a just a role player and trying to find his way. It's still working that way. But if they were to take him and move him at some point 
you wouldn't just be like getting him off the team. You'd be moving him for, for maybe like two or three pieces. I'm just going to, you know, let's see you trend to the Knicks or something. You get quickly back and now he's your point guard to take over for Conley. You get something else and a first round pick. You'd be, that's the mistake. I think a lot of people are like, wait, be careful. You can't, you, you can't just pull cat off. The, no one's saying you would just pull him off the team. You'd be getting other assets that might fit this thing better or differently. So it's all, it's, it's all a win-win right now for the Wolves. Agree, but be careful thinking you're getting a ton in return. Like, you're just not. I'm sorry. Like, you can get something. Yeah. But if you're thinking, like, the Knicks are giving you three or four first-round picks, plus quickly, plus another asset or two, like, not Julius Randle. You don't want Julius Randle, but I'm talking some other asset or two. Like, I just have a hard time believing New York would offer all of that. Yes, I can see some of that, but not. All of that. Yeah, that's fair. So, that's fair. like, I just, I don't think you're getting a ton for Cat. Yeah. I really don't. But I'd also say, like, to me, you're not trading him at the trade deadline. Like, I like Cat against Denver. So, if you're really pushing this thing forward, like we just said, hey, let's mm-hmm. push this thing out five, six, seven months. You know, we're wondering about Cat's future. I still want Cat for the duration of this season, specifically for the potential of seeing the Denver Nuggets in the playoffs. That I feel like Cat matches up well against Denver. So if you're thinking about the potential of Wolves Nuggets second round Western Conference playoffs or hey, Western Conference finals Nuggets against Wolves, I want Cat on the court Dude. against Right now, it's not crazy. I mean, no, we're, it's I early. Know. It's early, but this yeah. team this is these aren't fluke wins. Yeah, I mean, there are here. still 74 games to go or 75 games to go. Hey, you know what? Bill, okay, Bill Simmons, who's been as critical of the Timberwolves over the years as anyone in media, right? Like that he remember he kind of wanted I think he was kind of joking, not really. He wanted the GM job and they hired David Kahn and he's had a vendetta ever since. And he he clowned them for that go bear trade a year and a half ago. Him and Russillo and everyone. I just listened to his podcast yesterday. He does his top 30 power rankings. He has the Wolves as the fifth best team in the NBA. He says, I, you know, I can't believe I'm saying this. They are, this is absolutely for real. It is legitimate. They're a tier below the actual contenders for now, but he said they are the sleeper team in the NBA. Bill Simmons. I agree. 100%. Yeah, I mean, he said, hey, write it in pen. Like, he's like, yeah. don't even put it in pencil. Put it in ink. Yeah. The Wolves are for real. I'm telling you, it comes down to hell. It really does. Like, can Mike Conley Jr. play 75 games this year? If he does, then yes, I think they have a legit case to make for being a top-four team in the Western Conference. But it's also Jaden. It's also Nas. It's Kyle Anderson. Of course, it's Ant. It's Gobert. Can they stay on the court? And, hey, not only staying on the court, but performing at a you know high level and then being healthy most importantly, come mid-April for the first round of the playoffs. Now, hey, there might be some people watching or listening to this, Phil, saying, you're already thinking about the first round of the playoffs? Have you looked at the landscape of the Western Conference? Are you sure the Wolves are making the playoffs? Yeah, I I feel good. I do, right? Whether it's the hole that Memphis has dug, you know, New Orleans. I mean, I even think when New Orleans has a fully healthy roster, that was unfortunate that Zion didn't play last night. C.J. McCollum is out with a collapsed lung. How painful does that sound, right? So New Orleans is down guys, Alvarado. They're down guys, Trey Murphy, right? But I still think, like, New Orleans fully healthy roster, Wolves fully healthy roster, give me the Wolves. Memphis has this big hole. Sacramento, like, I don't 
think they could maintain. I mean, they set records last year for offensive rating, right? Mm. Like there was no way they were going to be as good offensively this year yeah. as they were last year. Then we wonder about the defense in Sacramento, but like Sacramento was what the three seed last year. Hard to see them doing that again. I mean, I just, I think matching up the rosters, Wolves, Kings, give me the Wolves. Now the question is like, can Memphis, they have all these first round picks. Can Memphis make a move at some point? Can Sacramento, is there a Sacramento trade out there? Plus De'Aaron Fox has been down. So like when Sacramento has everybody available, maybe Sacramento's a little bit better, but you know, outside of Denver, probably Golden State, you know, we don't even know what Phoenix looks like with all their guys because Devin Booker has been out. Bradley Beal finally comes back last night, but I think Phoenix is going to be good, right? So if that's, if that's the top, top tier, like, I don't know what, what Simmons had, you know, in the top four there, I'm sure Boston and Milwaukee may be up there, but like, yeah, like maybe the Wolves are right in that next tier, right? So go ahead. If you want to make the case, Denver, Golden State, Phoenix, but then the Wolves are in that next tier with probably what the Clippers, maybe the Lakers, like the Lakers haven't been healthy, but I think the Lakers can be good when fully healthy, but I'm just telling you, like there's a compelling case to make when the Wolves are fully healthy, maintain their health, that they will be a top four team in the Western Conference. Parade route. Let's plan it. <laughs> Start downtown. Stop in patronizing front of, us, Judd. In front okay. of Target Let Center. This. Let jump us have on night. No, I'm trying you're here. Not. I'm trying. Judd, you're, my you're, you're trolling unnecessarily. Yeah, I don't, you know, hey, if they I, can make a deep run, great. Just win a playoff series. It's been far too long, right? It's been 19 I think this years. Team, I've, if they yeah. maintain health, if I think I'm looking more for more than that. I'm looking for more than that. I want to parade. 94 to St. Paul. Although the Wolves Saint might Paul. not want to go to St. Paul. St. Paul. Well, it, it's Twin Cities. It, it's 94. You're shutting down 94? <laughs> if they win the LOB? Nah, yeah, damn right I am. Down University Avenue or something like that. You don't need to tie up. Ah, University Avenue is too congen- No, no, no. I'm going down 94 for, an L- for a championship. I don't, I don't appreciate this no over-the-top no. trolling sarcasm from That's Judd not, right now. It's okay. not sarcasm. <laughs> you, the sir, can really good. stay off the bandwagon. This right? is... I am on the bandwagon. Are no, you kidding? Yeah. This I love mocking, this team. This mocking Did you see those jerseys is not appreciated. Night? Oh, come Did on. Did you see those jerseys? Wait, hold on a second here. I got no, something for you. God. No, I, oh, God. I, I got yeah. something for you. I got something for you. Okay? Here we go. From the first season, huh? I was there opening night against the Bulls at the Metronome. What are you... Uh, explain for the audio this audience. This is a old-school reporter's uh, notebook here. This is the original notebook, okay, with some yeah. notes. And it's a Wolves holder from the inaugural notes? season. Yeah, how old are those notes? 25 years. No, thir- 30 years. 30? They're older than me. I'm 31 in a month. What, what are, what, read this is notes. dated right here. February are those 20... your notes? Yeah. February 26, 1990, Section 2 hockey title game, Denfield 4, Anoka 1. <laughs> That's your notes. <laughs> those are your notes. Tornadoes go down. <laughs> I have John Gutekunst notes here from a Gophers press conference. Read them. Um, yes, this is amazing hold, content. Hold, hold, hold on a second here. Gutekunst, it looks like August of 90. Um, this is the yeah. Packers general manager's dad, by the way, for yeah, the young audience. John Gutekunst, yes, yes. <laughs> so it, it looks like a guy who played for, for the Gophers named Willingham was suspended. Some guy named Sam Cook, ineligible. Some guy named Jimmy King did not report for, oh, for practice. Jimmy King. Come on. Uh, class. Goody announced that six wins that season would not be acceptable. 
Oh, so we need more. We needed more than six wins. The tailback showed up in poor condition. See, this is when we got real, <laughs> real insight from coaches. The tailbacks at Gophers Camp in 1990, it. poor condition. Well, Michigan you probably had access, right? Michigan like you had more than 20 minutes ago for football access. That's nice. Shockingly, in my notes, I have Michigan loaded. I'm I'm shocked by yeah, that. Desmond Michigan Howard. was really good back then. Howard in '90. Uh, yeah, Desmond Howard yes. in late '80s into the into the early yeah. '90s for sure. Now we there know, of course, Desmond Howard's oh. been awfully soft on the Michigan cheating scandal. Here, mm-hmm. we probably mm-hmm. it probably goes back multiple coaches and decades, is my guess. Mm-hmm. So, hey, do you sell any used vacuums? You refurbish vacuums? How about that? Either, any of you guys? Connor Stallion selling Stallions used vacuums on Amazon. Journal. Oh, I didn't see that. What? No, oh my what, what's that part of the story? I didn't see so, that. Like, we're going back a year. Like, spring of 22, he buys yeah. this house in Ann Arbor for, for, you know, it doesn't matter, but he's a part of this association. So the yeah. association is like, what are you doing? He's got all these refurbished vacuums on his front porch. He's like got this side business selling on eBay or wherever else, these refurbished vacuums. But then the reviews, apparently, like, he thought he was refurbishing these vacuums or... The buyer thought they were buying a refurbished vacuum, but no, like he was just repurposing, not refurbishing. Oh my vacuums. god! Yeah, this kind of stallions. Yeah, <laughs> I love how too. It's like yeah. you know, Michigan Jim Harbaugh. Are like, wow, we this shady guy. We didn't even know. Yeah, we're totally we're gonna get rid of this guy. I wow. mean, we're close you know. on Turkey of the Year right now. I yeah. don't know if Patrick wants to award it to somebody from Michigan, right? But. Just Connor uh, Stallions, I believe that was him on the Central Michigan sideline, right in the sunglasses, right? Like, how is he not the turkey of the year? If you got to go local, table. fine. But, yeah, he'll yeah. be at the table, but he, he ain't going to win table. it. Yeah. Uh-uh. Yep. yep. <laughs> Dukes, give us a rapid-fire uh, final scoops here. We'll, and we'll plenty to talk about next week as well as we get into hot stove season with the Twins here. But uh, what else is in your scoop bag today? Yeah, so, I mean, on the Vikings, it's what we've talked about, right? Justin Jefferson, that's great that they opened up the 21-day practice window. I've been saying for a while, I see him back this month, not December, not after the bye, you know, not that first game after the bye in Vegas, but he'll be back either for the Broncos game or the Bears game. But it was always going to be a bit aggressive for him playing this Sunday against New Orleans. So it's still trending in that direction, more like the Denver or Chicago game not the New Orleans game. Christian Derisaw, that will go into the weekend. He'll be limited again in practice today, but the Vikings are not ready to fully rule him out hmm. for Sunday, but groin injury like a hamstring, right? Tricky, but look for him to be limited today. I saw KJ Osborne at the facility yesterday, so it's not like he's holed up in a dark room, but as of late last night, he was still in concussion protocol. So not that we haven't seen guys like Brock Purdy was in protocol, then he played that next Sunday, but as of late last night, KJ Osborne still in the concussion protocol. Just received a text from a big name baseball agent who met with the Twins in Arizona. I mean, no surprise. You guys talked about this on your Twin show with Derek Falvey officially going on the record that the payroll is going to be slashed. But this big agent with this big time agency just as of now doesn't sense the Twins are going to be on any of their many free agents. Mm. Now, I still think it's going to be an active winter. Like I mentioned, you know, the Blue Jays and Mariners, two teams to keep an eye on on a Jorge Polanco trade. I mentioned that on Tuesday. I would still keep an eye on those two teams, plus some others, but certainly those two teams. There are going to be moves made. But anybody thinking that the Twins are like going to be in the Aaron Nola market or something like that, it just isn't happening. Yep. 
By the way, uh, a cheap plug, we did a full, we looked at the MLB Trade Rumors top 50 list and some of the projections and did that whole episode this morning, Scorn or Twin Show. So check that out. Darren Doogie Wolfson here on a Reckless Speculation Thursday. And let me, before I go, let me give some love to Luke from Benilde St. Margaret's. I was over at Benilde. I was over at your alma mater yesterday, Judd. They play tonight in the Class 4A state quarterfinals at Monticello High School against North Branch. Number 32, Luke. Big, big fan of Score North. In fact, yesterday, he's Luke. like, my favorite day of the week. He comes up to me. He goes, my favorite day of the week is tomorrow. Luke of Benilde State Margaret. Love Reckless Speculation Thursday. So that's I hope Luke in the Benilde State Margaret's Red Knights tonight in the state quarterfinals. I hope you said to Luke, you know what? As you look around here, is Judd in the Benilde St. Margaret's Athletic <laughs> Hall of Fame because he's not, and he went here. So, Luke, help rectify that, huh? I will tell you this much. I know the head basketball coach, Damian, well enough. I know the head football coach slash assistant athletic director, Sean, very, very well. If you need me to get that ball moving a little bit, yeah, yeah the answer is yes, I do. The answer is yes. And there will be no donations. There will be no buying it off. I gave my blood, sweat, and tears to the night, Aaron. I expect acknowledgement. A speech? Right, can, we get, can, we, can we get a speech from you? I do a speech. Oh, well, there would have oh, to be, do right? I mean, there would be a ceremony oh, a to enter the Benilde yeah. Margaret's Hall of Fame. So you would have but to I'm not going to donate. I'm not going to, you know, oh, man, if you don't, I'm sure if I gave them 50 grand, they'd put me in. That's not how it's going to work. See if we can make this happen. Yeah, we'll see if we, maybe see we, can, can we can crowdfund. And you're maybe all the invited. listeners of Score North can crowdfund a Thank few you. thousand dollars for Judd to donate. Invi- to- and you're all invited, to go too. Fund me. Yeah. All right, Amazing. good. I like it. Bye, Doogie. Bye, boys. Yeah. Darren Doogie Olson from the 5 Eyewitness News Sports Department. This has been a reckless speculation Thursday scoop session here on Minnesota Sports with Mackie and Judd. <laughs>